Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrel pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing, man. And that's remarkable. Hey, it's Bobby. Just wanted to give everyone a heads up that today's episode of Tipping Pitches is going to be a little bit different. We did a crossover podcast with the podcast Horse, uh, where we are doing a little bit of a sports cultural exchange. So I hope you enjoy today's little wonky episode. Um, you can subscribe to Horse wherever you hear podcasts. Just search Horse or Multitude Podcast Network. Um, if you're a new listener to Tipping Pitches, we appreciate you tuning in. This is a little bit different than we usually do, but... Uh, Please consider subscribing, rating, reviewing, sharing with a friend if you like what we do here. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to get into today's episode. Alex, we're being acquired by the Horse Podcast. We're merging into one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying you $2 now and 50 cents at a different time. <laughs> so those two people that you hear laughing and speaking uh, in the same room as me, those are Eric Silver and Mike Schubert of the Horse Podcast. Guys, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Here. Alex, hello. You can speak now. I'm staring at you. Hell yeah. I'm so about, I am so scared for the listener who's not going to be able to tell any of us apart but you know just just roll with it man. should i do some like wild panning where i'm panned all the way to the left ear and you're panned all the way to the right ear and then mike and eric are just in the center <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> uh we are gathered here today all four of us four person podcast this is going to be a little bit of juggling but we are gathered here today to do a sports cultural exchange so our our friends mike and eric they host a basketball podcast called horse part of the Multitude Podcast Collective. Please go check them out. They're very good at talking about a sport that I also like and that Alex and I tend to uh, say should teach baseball how to be better at a lot of 100%. things. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> uh, so here's the concept. Three things from basketball, three things from baseball. We're going to steal them from each other's podcast respective sports. Are you guys ready? Why don't we just get right into it? I, th- I think we should. Although actually, hold on. What is your guys' relationship with baseball before Ooh, we start? That's a good one. Ooh, so I, baseball was my first big sport. I started playing like t-ball when I was five and stuff. But then when I was nine years old, I was given the offer to join a travel team, which meant that I would be playing baseball year round. And I was not allowed to play soccer because it had conflicting seasons. So that was an early point in my life where I had to choose. And I was like, yeah, I like baseball more. So I played travel baseball from ages nine until uh, 14 because then I stopped playing when I went to high school and started playing uh, tennis as my spring sport. Oh, but I was wow. super into baseball. I loved it a lot. My I was very good at bunting. That was my thing. Like super solid at bunting to where <laughs> analytics <laughs> fucking tell you that to make you feel no no no. I was point? no I was legitimately like very good at it. It would be like we had plays on my travel team design where like bunter. well it would be like a guy be on first base and we'd tell him to steal and just not stop like he would just round second base like and a hit would, and run but with a bunt yes we would do a hit and run with a bunt 
Uh, and That's it was like a analytic, legit play in our playbook. The analytics movement hates Mike. <laughs> I would bunt with two strikes and stuff. I was that good. So That's what they called that me, Lil Button Schubert. <laughs> That's intriguing. Also, you get one of our many features at Horse, which is Mike telling a story about his childhood inexplicably. So there you go. It's a true exchange. <laughs> the baseball one has, the, the my baseball stories vastly outweigh the wildness of my basketball ones because baseball is bonkers and just like lends itself to ridiculousness. I also worked as a baseball umpire for seven years. So baseball is big. Very in unique my experience. Uh, and for reference, I grew up in New Jersey, so I'm a very, very large Yankees fan. I'm incredibly spoiled because when I came, like growing up was when they wore, when they won four World Series, like in a very short period of time. Eric, how about you? Uh, I don't really like baseball. Hell I think yeah. it's kind of old Tight. fashioned. That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. And I, I understand it. I definitely understand it as a part of Americana. I am from Long Island and my mom's side of the family is from Long Island. So they are all big Yankees fans. My mom told me a lot about Bucky Dent when Suffolk she was Suffolk or Nassau? Up. Oh, Bucky Nassau. Bucky Dent. <laughs> Nassau, bro. Hell Merrick, yeah, baby. Merrick all day. Oh yeah. I love it. Yo, fucking Babylon line, son. I'll tell you about it. <laughs> My mom's from Massapequa. Oh, let's we got go. Some stuff to bond over now. Nice. Let's go. Maybe uh, not in, in this specific moment. We got a lot to talk about. But anyway, exactly. baseball, Americana. You were saying. Yeah. Um. In high school, I grew up with uh two kids who were the um children of Gary Cohen, who is the play-by-play guy for the Mets. And I always thought that was interesting. So I've I've been rooting like on and off for the Mets. I like that they're tragic, uh, persona. I like the idea of Mike Piazza a lot. So I think that was a big deal. And I, as same time, Mike Piazza in the 2000 World Series, also tragic figure. And so what happened in the 2000 World Series? I, Mike, Mike we, it's obvious that the Yankees won from the reason that I've said tragic twice in 30 <laughs> seconds. It's just going to come in talking <laughs> shit against the Mets. Like, but okay. Again, I'm like, oh, wow, the Mets are bad. Surprise, you you got me. Um, again, I also don't care that much about baseball. <laughs> so you, you just can't hurt me. Unfortunately, you're going to have to steal three things from us. You can't actually keep basketball the same. There have to be three things <laughs> oh, in know. baseball that you like enough to take. We found a take. lot of things. There are many things. I have. I had a list of 18 things that I wanted to steal from baseball, but we've whittled wow. it down. I also love, whether this was intentional or not, that stealing exists in both of the sports. I did. Yeah. But it's very different it's in both of them. I did run the list by Amanda and she's like stealing. And I'm like, that's a thing. And she's it, like, I know, but I like that you're taking it from baseball. <laughs> I think baseball stealing is more fun than basketball stealing, though. I Definitely. agree. Because it's so high stress. Yeah. And it, and, it just, and it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like analytically not smart. But it's one of it's the so things that we've been frustrated about. It's like it's like basketball's mid-range game. Yeah. You know, like okay. a good solid mid-range game. Is still like relatively fun to watch, right? Like guys, like I mean, you, you can I would contest say, like, that. not like a mid-range jumper, but like a mid-range game, like having someone like operate in the post. Yeah, and exactly. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. and sort of like the dribble moves that come from it and everything. Obviously, not like chucking long twos. Russell Westbrook style is necessarily fun anymore. But See, like Russell Westbrook long twos are so fun though. <laughs> you never know where it's gonna hit. Um, Alex, would you like to offer your personal feelings towards basketball before we get into this, oh, just yeah. to get in the right headspace? Of course. I uh, <laughs> I enjoy basketball. I enjoy basketball uh, very much. Um, growing up in one Oakland, California, I was raised a Warriors fan. And so nice. much of, while, while basketball was never my primary sport, um, I remember growing up in like 07, 08, like the We Believe Warriors and had this so had this good. big old poster of Jason Richardson on my yes. wall. Did, it, did an interview with Jason Richardson when I was like 12. I'm going to play uh, that audio. Do you listen to any music? Yes, uh, I listen to a lot of music. I listen to everything. 
the only music I can't listen to is country, but I listen to everything else. Um, when did you start realizing that you were going to be so tall? <laughs> uh, maybe, I think I realized I was going to be pretty tall was probably fifth grade. I was the tallest kid, and I was always bigger than everybody. You p- please that do. That audio is and I'm, iconic. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it into this. You'll oh, see. Can you also I'm just asking him so- like, <laughs> I'm, I'm asking him like who, what music he likes, and like <laughs> smart, why does smart. he like playing basketball? And I was like, wow, 23 year old Alex doesn't ask any better questions. It's nope. the ex- it's the exact same thing. I mean, I think those are compared to other media questions. That's such a breath of fresh air than like, what was in your head when you were shooting? I don't know if yeah. I can make the shot. <laughs> it's like the kind of question that people always say that you should ask Greg Popovich, where it's like, what kind of wine do you like? That's the, yeah. Or that's like, where, where are you going out to dinner tonight? That's what you were actually asking Jason Richardson and he was taking it seriously. He was probably so happy to receive that question. The most important part <laughs> of that video is the length of Alex's hair. <laughs> it's we'll tweet it three out times as long. Please do. Also send it to me so I can make it in my voicemail. I would love that. Thank you. Uh, I am a big basketball fan as well. Uh, I produce a basketball podcast here at The Ringer. Baseball was my first love. I started playing that first, but uh, I, I kind of resented the fact that I was a pitcher so i resented the fact that i just didn't, didn't get to really play like mm. two out of every three games yeah and uh, i didn't have the attention span or the free time to go to practices every day for games that i wasn't going to play in necessarily so i pivoted more towards basketball and i played that all throughout high school and um i'm a like a big fan of the nba in a way that i'm not of the mlb in terms of like i i appreciate like the entity that is the league and i think we'll talk about some of this stuff a little later as we do our sort of cultural exchange but um, it's a breath of fresh air to be able to like openly root for and like be a fan of a league. Whereas like Alex and I are frequently mm-hmm. talking about big yeah. heavy things um, that the MLB is doing wrong. And and today will probably be no exception. I'm sure some of those things will come up. But oftentimes talking about baseball, we find it hard to kind of um, approach it from like a really fun perspective. So like that's kind of the void that basketball fills for me. And um, I'm just like a really big fan of individual stars and like and and the legacies that they build which i feel like the nba has always attracted me to um you know and we're gonna probably talk but not to like spoil any of our picks a little later but uh that's where i'm at as a basketball fan i don't have a basketball team that i root for uh because my parents didn't really give a shit about basketball until i started playing so you're gonna be like and my parents didn't give a shit about me so they didn't still <laughs> love in my home. we're getting really real on this podcast no uh no they didn't care about basketball but they were big baseball and football fans so i got passed down the new york baseball and football team so i'm a mets fan i'm a giants fan let's go but and, you're, and you're a fan of the and you're a fan of the team named kevin love i think first and foremost yes, exactly so <laughs> i i did the sort of like very very millennial very gen z thing where you just pick players that you like and you just kind of follow don't them fucking listen to bill that sounds like something that he said to you <laughs> it's not and even you just to internalize it well like, maybe oh, fucking it is. young people they only care about players it could be like hours and hours of listening to bill just being like i i am a millennial <laughs> <laughs> i do only care about the swipe yeah, left exactly. generation. But uh but no, I, I picked a few players that either I wanted to like model my game after and Kevin Love being like the the white kind of chubby four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh or like that I just kind of appreciated watching them from an entertainment value perspective, whether that be like obviously LeBron, because everybody loves to watch LeBron, but like Dwayne Wade in his like um mid two thousands and oh, late two thousands sure. heat so days. Fun. So that's how I became a fan of the league. That's how I became a fan of basketball. And uh you know, we talk about baseball weekend and week out, so I'm not as 
consistently in on basketball as I used to be, but you know, I produce a podcast about it. So, uh, yeah, that's my relationship with the game. Nice. And just like Kevin Love, you are now incredibly attractive and are sponsored by <laughs> Banana Republic. If I could only, I'm sponsoring Banana Republic. They're not sponsoring me. My freaking credit card that's getting maxed out is sponsoring Banana Republic. Bobby, I need to tell you that's not called sponsoring. That is paying money in a capitalist society. <laughs> I like how capitalism was already brought up because we frequently rail against capitalism and none of me and Alex were not the ones who said it. Thank you for that. Ah, multitude baby. <laughs> We're a literal collective. I don't know what I want to, I don't know what else I'm supposed to tell you. Hell yeah, baby. All right. Uh should we get started? Let's, Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. You guys are the guests. You guys are the away team, so we'll let you steal first. Are we wearing the colored jerseys or the white jerseys? We're wearing the gray ones because that's what baseball does. The away teams have to look Stupid. very drab and boring. Stupid. I hate it. Wow. You're supposed to be. <laughs> and now these jerseys have Nike swooshes on it, so everyone's upset. <laughs> Uh, which one do you want to do? Do you just uh, want to do it in the order that, well, of that list? Yeah, since we, since we already are talking about uniforms and yeah, stuff, I think the first thing that we would like to steal from baseball is uh, coaches wearing the uniforms like the players do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because with baseball, you've got the base coaches are wearing the exact same thing. Now they're being a little more lax with it in MLB, where the managers aren't always necessarily wearing the jersey. Like Aaron Boone is not always rocking a full, you know, Yankees pinstripe get up for the whole game. They should, they should yeah. be. He needs to do to, like, to acknowledge how good the Yankees can are. Can you imagine Doc Rivers trying to argue a call <laughs> in full <laughs> clipper garb, shooting sleeve, headband, knee protective padding, and it's the white and the shorts. black, the white and the black one too. Yeah, like look, the coaches wear suits. Sure, whatever. The coaches wear the same thing. I love it. <laughs> are they wearing warm ups over it? No, they're wear like they look like they could also hop on the court. <laughs> okay, so the other thing that I love about this is that everyone else has to wear a suit. So the dress code is still in force. Mm -hmm. So the players who are not playing are wearing suits. The assistant coaches are wearing suits. No, the assistant the co coaches are also wearing the jerseys. Oh, I like I no, I want the coach to stand out. He could maybe wear something different, but like I think that's the fun thing with baseball is that the base coaches wear the the jersey and the bench coach oh, okay. and the pitching coach like they all have the jersey i want every single assistant coach on the bench like i want from pop to tim duncan to becky hammond like they're all wearing the same spurs tim Duncan's uniform. wearing the same jersey he was wearing <laughs> i think can we pull something from hockey then and he has to put like the c for coach on his jersey that could be fun i don't know any distinguish. hockey podcasts so i don't know if we can pull in a, a fifth and sixth person <laughs> <to this. laughs> i like if like there's the the c that's branded for coach like that's the only distinction we're going to steal icing. We want that. <laughs> We're going to steal the blue line? Is that a thing? Zambonis would be real good. Zambonis Zambonis actually would be sick. I feel like you could give the assistant coaches a shooting shirt, you know, because the rest right. of the players <laughs> on the bench are wearing a shooting shirt. Also, frequently in baseball, like windbreakers are yeah, a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you rock fun. a little windbreaker so that you are you don't get cold in the shade of the dugout or Wait, whatever. But I don't want it to become football where people just wear like like I think it's the awful. Quarter zips. It can't be like sports. It's, it's not just, like sports apparel. You can't be sports apparel. It's literally the jersey. I just don't like that Bill Belichick can get away with wearing a ratty ass sweatshirt with the sleeves cut off, and it's like, yes, you showed up for work today wearing that. I think it should be strictly like baseball, where you have to wear the uniform. Now, here's also the great thing. Let's say Doc Rivers argues a call, he gets thrown out. He goes in the tunnel, takes yeah. off his jersey yeah. halfway through, yeah. and then so his assistant coach takes off his shooting shirt and becomes the coach. Yes, it's perfect. I think it would be great. Gives a nice, cohesive look. And 
I love that baseball does this. It makes no sense at all. And that's why I think basketball should do it too. I like how the first thing you guys stole is like one of the dumbest things that baseball does. <laughs> You're going to love our list. Like, it was I, whole, us. I, was, I was just thinking that like our things are like the way that basketball has like melded with like culture and like the whole idea of the sport. And you're like, I want pop head to toe in a jersey. I will say one of my notes, I did write down general acceptance by older white America. So I, I did think of that. We're just not doing that one. Well, we want general acceptance from the rest of America. Yeah. So, uh, Alex, you want to kick ours off? Sure, let's do it. So the the first thing that we talked about and this is something that I think that we frequently bring up on tipping pitches is the fact that basketball and Bobby you alluded to this when you were talking about kind of your connection to the game the basketball is so much tied to um the star power of individual players and both the league and I think the media and the fans, for that matter, are really good at engaging with that and kind of egging on the the idea of like autonomy and individuality from ta- from players. And and baseball feels so stoic. And it's you know it's always about like play for the play for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. You know, like don't flip your bat, don't stare down a pitcher. And and basketball feels so ego driven, like to a point mm-hmm. where it's just ridiculous, which makes it ridiculously fun. And I, I think that was the first thing that like if Bobby and I were sitting together and we were like, what's one thing we could steal from the NBA, it's like just the stars. Give me all of the stars. Yeah, yeah, we had like a we had a podcast pretty early on in doing this this show before we really found out that all we wanted to do was talk about the CBA and labor. <laughs> uh where you know it was titled I think Looking for Baseball's LeBron. And it was basically Ooh. like oh. it was basically like who could be someone who could be like a living legend of the sport, who embraces that sort of individuality, who can be thought of as like an icon for the league and and can be kind of sort of like pitched as a reason that you should love this game and a reason that you should trust this game. And I, I feel like basketball has really figured that out in a way that baseball hasn't. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think like the long history of America is sort of working against baseball in this way. Um, but and that in the way that the NBA is like a newer league is that they they kind of had to live that way. On our last podcast, we talked about how uh, basketball is kind of in a bad way in the late 70s and the, in the early 80s before yeah. Magic and Larry Bird and it leaned on stars and it was like a bet that paid off it was like a stern bet that paid off RIP but uh, I, I don't we talk a lot a lot about how how can baseball do this you know we, we have an in joke on this podcast where it's like alright everybody take a shot we're talking about how baseball should be basketball again <laughs> I mean it's hard for baseball just by the function of how the sport is played because with basketball I yeah, literally LeBron just is this. basically playing the whole game and you can just watch him the whole time like Mike Trout is great but you're only going to see him do stuff when four he bats game. four times yeah. or if a ball is hit to him in center field so it's really hard and then more so with, with like how much a player can affect a team like just look at the Angels Mike Trout is the best player in MLB, and the Angels haven't been relevant. When's the last time they went to the playoffs? Like 2012? Yeah. Like, it's it's hard in the way that the sport is designed just because there are so many people, and then there's so few times that a star player can get involved that it's it's easy to fall in love with someone like LeBron or Dwayne Wade or 
Steph Curry or Trey Young or whoever it is, like someone that's just constantly doing stuff the whole game. I would also yeah. say that the other thing is just the construction of everything. Baseball players wear hats. I know it's not mm-hmm. football but when they're wearing right. helmets, Still. but you literally can't see their face. Also, they're probably standing 300 feet away from you yeah. in the outfield. So like, I can't even look at them in the face while this is happening. Yeah. I remember yeah. Um, when I was a kid, uh, we would go to uh, Canada a lot and go to Toronto, and my dad got us a hotel room in the Sky Dome. So they were, you could, all the way in the back, you could mm-hmm. get one of those hotel rooms that literally looked out on the game. And I remember watching it. And I'm like, I can't see anything. And I was watching the game on TV while the game was happening at the same time. Because, like, I just could not process the game from that being that far away in a different angle. I would much rather just watch it on TV where I can at least try to make out someone's face and see where the ball is being pitched. Uh, so it's just like with basketball, you're literally there. Even if you're all the way back, like you can still see the players move. If you're close enough, you can literally hear them talk. Like you're literally seeing their faces and you identify name to face to play style. Yeah, well, baseball is also so regional too. And mm-hmm. like fan yeah. base, like, you know, 60 to 70% of the time, you're mostly seeing teams from your coast and probably just your division. And so if you live, if you're a Yankees fan or a Mets fan or whatever, like you're like, sure, Mike Trout is good, but my team may not even play him this year. So like, right. when am I ever going to get to see him? His game's never broadcast. That regionality really has interesting effects in terms of like, you know, I know way more about, I mean, I might not be a good example of this, but someone who's an average baseball fan probably knows way more about like who Damian Lillard is than like someone who knows nothing about baseball would know about Francisco Lindor. And yeah. I would say that those two I guys don't know who that is. Exactly. Like you don't know who that is at all. And those two guys are like, I would say equally as fun, equally as valuable yeah. to their game. I think sort of the happy medium for me, at least, I, I recognize that it, we're never going to have LeBron, you know, because yeah. we have someone who is as great in his respective sport as LeBron is right now in Mike Trout, but he's just not marketed in that same way. And mm-hmm. I, frankly, I don't think he wants to be. He just loves the weather. I, like, I just <laughs> loves the weather. But I think the happy medium is something that we talked about with Sean Doolittle when he came on our podcast in that he thinks guys could, like, do their individual TV shows and, like, the content Uh, department is like really lacking in terms of the MLB like these guys don't they don't have like video series they don't have podcasts as much they don't have any of these other things that I feel like I feel like the NBA has really encouraged that you know like the ringer has two player driven NBA basketball podcasts like I can only think of two player driven MLB basketball podcasts in general (laughs) yeah exactly it's it's R2C2 and it's Colin McHugh's podcast but like what else is there like That that's it, and the Ringer alone has two basketball ones, and there's right. a bunch of there's a host of other ones too, and I, I think it's just like a feedback loop. Yeah, I mean, I also think it's very a point that you made that I think is very interesting is that just I don't understand why baseball has not changed it to where every team plays every team at least once. It's so strange, and I guess it's just because it's always like multiple game series and stuff like that. But like with basketball. Even if the team's in another conference, you are guaranteed to have one, like the Knicks. If When I lived in Oakland, it was like, okay, the Knicks are going to play the Warriors once in Oakland this year, so I can see my favorite team no matter where I live. And me, like, I'm a huge Yankees fan. Best man at my wedding is a huge Cardinals fan. This is the first time since we've been friends that the Yankees and Cardinals are playing each other. That's so dumb. And now it's like we're going to St. Louis for the whole weekend because— How many games do they play? Three. 
Three. No. <laughs> I meant I mean over the season. Oh, like over 162. Gee, is that high? Yes. That's dumb. That's a lot of games. This is really fascinating to observe someone realize how long the baseball season is. <laughs> I, jo- so I joked long. about us explaining baseball at the beginning of the podcast, <laughs> but happening. that's actually what we're doing. Listen, I know thing I know about the sport, but you're revealing things. I'm like, that is dumb. But like you're every right. team should just play every team. Like I don't understand. So like yeah. you could play every team in a three game series. Like that's not it's, it doesn't even have to be a whole yeah, stupid. I I think the uh, the flip side of this, so not necessarily the flip side, but like the other half of this is. I mean, we're talking about these players right now as like you know NBA players, as MLB players, but kind of like Bobby was alluding to. I feel like a lot of basketball players are like personalities, like outside of the sport, right? True. So like you may not know who Dwayne Wade is, but you know who Gabrielle Union is and you know about like them on Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or just like even like down to the fashion that the players wear, you mm-hmm. know, like there's so much more than just like how many points you scored in a game or whatever. And you might be like, wow, look at this ridiculous ass thing that Russell Westbrook walked into the <laughs> arena in. He's a goon. Like, give me Manny Machado doing that before every single game, please. Yeah. I mean, Mike and Eric, I I did a short segment on your show, which I think we're. All, I think all of our shows are going to come out on the same day. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> go subscribe to Horse. It's a great podcast. Uh, I did a short segment on your show, and literally something as trivial as Damian Lillard going in on the refs, you would never see that in baseball because there's just this culture of silence. There's this culture of don't do that or the old fans are not going to like it and you're going to face retribution for it. What's so funny is like when big things that are go against what these old fans don't like, it, people love it and she eat people it up. People like, eat it up. Look at Aaron Boone this past year with the savages in the fucking box. Which is the corniest fucking thing ever. I know, but it's, it's awful. It was so <laughs> funny. What? <laughs> Aaron is, Boone had this thing where he was so mic'd stupid. up and he went up to the umpire and he was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, my guys are out here trying like they're savages in the fucking box. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> really good. Like, this good, but it's not that fucking good. Like, oh, it was so great. But it's just like, these little things happen like that and a bat flip like bat flips are so cool they are so awesome bat flip is like a dunk it's yes a bat flip is a dunk or like a three-point celebration and it's so fantastic why would people not want more bat flips like people should bat flip on like bloop singles i don't give a fuck like more bat flips please so here's an interesting idea so the fact that there is a older a older fan base that expects a certain kind of professionalism and divorced the humanity of the player from the game most like i guess let's talk about what Derek jeter was he was just like the captain he played the game we didn't really know that much about him until dead spin told us so like maybe the idea is <laughs> r.i.p i mean yeah, r.i.p uh maybe the thing that nba is accepting a younger plugged in social social media expecting authenticity and humanity from their players and that's why we like the things like that's literally why horse exists because we don't want to talk about stats we want to talk about everything else so maybe they don't want authenticity and humanity the older generation because that's what they expect from their celebrities which is like a very big turn i think in celebrity culture in uh in america yeah there's like a level of like be humble in from baseball fans that I feel like basketball fans just don't care for. It right. just doesn't resonate with them. Like that's not what their taste is, you know, because basketball is it's a louder game, man. Like it, literally and figuratively, like there's there's just you're closer to the action like you guys described. And 
it's not about being humble because like individual stars can define the literal on on court game a lot more than they can in baseball. So yeah, I think we haven't necessarily found a solution for this, but we've at least talked through our, our emotions, which is what this podcast is for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. I hope you guys are stealing like high socks next or something oh. like that. Tight oh, pants. <laughs> I'm actually incredibly excited about this one. Yeah. Um, let me, I actually have research for this. I looked good, up what good, I exactly good, good. wanted to talk about. All right. So, <laughs> so one thing I love about baseball that I think basketball does that's a little too real is fighting. In basketball, you have very large athletic men literally throwing fisticuffs at each other. And, like, it's dangerous. It's kind of scary. I mean, I've seen it happen, even if it's just pushing and shoving. But, like, when you see that big pile of guys on top of each other, it's really visceral, and you're right there. But in baseball, it's just kind of like big clumps of, like, boys running at each other from really far (laughs) on on the other side of the field. (laughs) And, like, they're just kind of like, oh, it's like a rumble. Like, it's fucking West Side Story. And they just kind of, like, run at each other and there is swinging but you can only really see the big clumps of people the other thing is like that's bench the pull cle- quote from this podcast big <laughs> clumps of boys running at each other <laughs> it's just like big r- rumbling together and I think that the quintessential version of why fighting in baseball is much more fun than in basketball is when Pedro Martinez took down Don Zimmer mm. and because mm-hmm. oh my god the fucking gif of Pedro Martinez taking this big pumpkin headed fuck's face and throwing him to the <laughs> ground Christ. after an old man runs at an agile amazing pitcher like that's what's gonna happen but that kind of like tomfoolery fighting where like no one really got hurt and it was fine like that's the kind of stuff that you love from a baseball brawl but like you can't get there from basketball because it's just too it's too violent what's also very good about a baseball fight that Eric brought up to me earlier today that I love is when the pitchers have to run from the bullpen that was the to other join one. the yes. fight yeah. Yeah. Uh, now everyone baseball familiar will probably know the iconic David Robertson running from uh, left field in Yankee Stadium gif. Are we all aware of this? <laughs> yes. Uh, this yeah. Gif? yeah. So I will, just in case Eric isn't uh, familiar, I will do it. This is a relief pitcher on the Yankees, David Robertson, full ass sprinting <laughs> from left field to start fighting some people. Like full, full sprint. And that's just fun that it's like a fight's happening. I'm going to commit to run 15 seconds across a field to get in the mix. <laughs> it's just the distance. And even just pitcher and, and hitter, that is far. The other thing I was looking up is when Nolan Ryan oh, fought. Oh, such a good yeah. Robin Ventura and the fact that Robin Ventura had to walk a little bit and be like no fuck this old man and ran at him like there's just so much movement it's also good because like in a hockey fight like accessories have to be thrown Which so is it's, it's yes. nice when certain equipment goes aside uh, you get good <laughs> tackling from catchers and stuff yeah, there's a lot of good things. Just just ben- benches clearing a benches, cl- benches clearing, clearing brawl is so nice. And in basketball, you never truly get that. Well, it's like much more punitive because they have a scarier history with it. You right, know, right. like uh, the Kermit Washington punch. I and was everything. literally just going to say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, um, but in, in baseball, like it gives us such beautiful things as Yasiel Puig looking like a Renaissance art fighting literally uh, yeah, the entire yeah, yeah. Pirates it, team who was the, the uh, day that he got traded. Who was the the guy in the Rangers who like punched uh, Lugnet Odor. Odor, yes. yeah. He <laughs> punched uh, Bautista's helmet and sunglasses off yeah. and then his necklace did a full 360. <laughs> it's just like it's goofy. It's like wrestling. But I think that that's the, the biggest thing is that the kind of what we were talking about what baseball wants to stamp out kind of the pageantry of it the fact that an entire team like 50 
heavy men on both sides are going to just like kind of push and shove each other to have each other's backs. And I find that really like interesting and fun. So I would love to have that. And like even like hockey, that it's like we're going to scrap. It's going to be okay. Even if we get a little bit hurt. And then we move on. And it's not like... violent. I think that's the biggest thing about basketball fights is that they're violent and it scares people. And I and like I know that's like reverberating from Malice of the Palace, but I I don't know. I I I don't want to look too far into it and do most, a sociological like breakdown, but like that's that's what happens in basketball. Most baseball fights are like you did something to disrespect my friend. You hit my friend with a pitch, so I'm gonna hit your friend with a pitch and now we're gonna fight. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a lot of guys shoving. standing around just like being like, <laughs> Sir, like you have disrespected, <laughs> you have dishonored my family, sir. And now I challenge you to a duel, good sir. We're just right. gonna walk around in a circle for ten minutes. <laughs> It is literally like ancient, like ancient rituals of like how we're supposed to conduct it with each other, like how we should. It's literally what is the right thing. Let's take ten paces backwards and then we'll throw at each other. Like (laughs) that's amazing. Although you know, Alex and I have resented frequently, and and this I don't think this is what you're talking about. I think it's more of the stupid like we're all gonna stare at each other and we're gonna have a coach fake hold us back kind of thing that you guys are are pining over, but. I think the throwing at each other thing would be an unintended consequence of this, which is something that if we could stamp out from baseball, we would do it in a heartbeat because, you know, this is a projectile. It yeah. could, in, in theory, kill someone. And yes. I think it's, it's uh, you know, it's indicative of sort of like this larger masculinity that I think colors baseball in a way that's that's frustrating and colors other sports, but it's not as serious in basketball um, where it's just like, you offended me, so I, I'm going to respond with violence and I'm going to respond with trying to play the game the right way and protect the values of baseball, whatever the hell that means. But I do agree that like a good a good baseball benches clearing moment is is exhilarating. And uh, I, I'm all for it, especially when it's like Bryce Harper fighting Jonathan Papelbon. Teammates <laughs> fighting each other in the dugout and like the camera's oh, getting great shots of that. That's amazing. fantastic. I think that you hit on the thing maybe that makes it feel so violent is that like there is like condoned physicality in basketball but then when you get to the part where you're literally punching it's like we are way too far and someone can actually get hurt here and that's not something that happens in baseball fights it's just like pushing and maybe like a punch or two yeah I totally agree. More of Madison Bumgarner and Yasiel Puig staring at each other, please. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I also wrote down dugouts as another thing I wanted to do. I was like, what if they just dug out the benches? That'd be funny. That's kind of like college, right? That's like Vanderbilt. You know? Oh, yeah, they, yeah. They have like the, the raised floor and whatnot. Which I think it looks very strange and seems kind of dangerous to me when you're running full speed. But I don't know. That's maybe not a question for <laughs> for Bobby Wagner, host of a baseball podcast. <laughs> so we shouldn't well, have I, dugouts in the in the NBA. <laughs> I'm gonna veto that one. The the thing that combines those two ideas is I really enjoy when there's like a uh, when there's like a bench clearing brawl or something like that is then a bunch of guys have to like hop over this fence yeah, to actually yeah. get yeah, onto yeah. the field really good. and so some of them will get like tripped up or you see like a a bigger guy just kind of clambering over it you know and I'm just like this is we we're too far at this point just go back just go just go <laughs> to the clubhouse and take a shower that's what I was saying it's like a musical gang fight it's like oh all the sh- all the sh- Shocks are going. I yeah. gotta go to support it, them. It is very West Side Story. That is a very poignant example. I appreciate that. As someone who loves his West Side Story. <laughs> Thank you. And Pedro Martinez is a Maria. <laughs> I just met a pitcher named Pedro. <laughs> and suddenly that name <laughs> will never be the same to me. Here come the Mets. Where the Mets all the way. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> 
G Commissioner G Commissioner Batman. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. Okay. The second thing that we want to steal from basketball is its openness towards its analytics movement. Oh, all right. Um, Interesting. I didn't even think that people were that... I mean, because I saw the hit movie Moneyball, I, <laughs> I thought that people were actually pretty open towards uh, the stats movement in baseball. So, well, I, I think, yeah, I think that conversation is very complicated, and I think we should get into it a little bit. I think what happened was baseball was the first major sport to really have front offices that embraced analytics in a serious way and started making decisions. And that's what you're seeing with Moneyball. And it's sort of retconned 10 years later in a movie and uh, even like a year later in a book. But what happened was all these front offices wanted to make analytics decisions and all of these like lower level people in front offices were like, we're doing this completely wrong. And all of these lifetime baseball men in the front offices were like, nope, this is how we've always done it. And for that reason... I think a lot of fans were like, this is this is going to ruin the game that we love. And now you fast forward 20 years or even longer with when some analytics started influencing baseball ops decisions. And you have a situation where analytics is like not the most fun version of baseball to a lot of people. And I think you might even be seeing that the beginning of that a little bit in basketball with the three-point revolution and the way that the Houston Rockets I play. I love what the Rockets are doing. Three points this are is the a hot mo- take. I don't... I I think the Rockets are so much fun. Uh, three pointers are so good. What, what, three pointers are so much fun. They're shooting it from so far away. When people are like, "Oh my god, I miss mid range." No, mid range jumpers are less fun because you're closer. It's not as much fun. <laughs> three points is so exciting. The three point is far enough away where if you are watching it, you can stand up in your seat and put three fingers in the air. And then if it goes in, you go nuts. And I don't understand people like, oh, I miss mid-range jumpers. I would say from an yeah. analytical, like a literal like bell curve standpoint, like you need people on both sides. Like you need an old schooler, a more old school team like the Spurs to refute the three-point movement. And you need one who's embracing it to the fullest. You need the Rockets. And one team is in the playoff hunt and one is not. <laughs> I just don't think it's ever going to be like this fucking dystopia that everyone's all, everyone over the age of 35 is worried about. It's I like, got news like, for right. you. That, the dystopia is already here in baseball. I think it's everybody is worried about it. <laughs> they keep saying it's like it's only going to be three pointers and then it's going to be a bad game and that's why the What's NBA is down in ratings. That, I'm like, there are many reasons why that's going down. Probably because cable ratings don't mean as much anymore, guys. Yeah, I mean, this is literally like verbatim the conversation we've been having in baseball around like home runs and strikeouts, right? Home runs are the best part about baseball. Even I know that. Exactly, exactly. Home run derby. Well, there's four reasonable brains here, (laughs) unlike the rest of baseball (laughs) fandom. I don't yeah, understand. I don't, I don't understand the the idea that a a walk and a and a bunt. No disrespect. I hey, and Mike Schubert. I I I don't. I would have to know in the analytics if like bunts and and steals make more sense. But like, given how intense shifts are now, I think bunting should make a comeback. I think you're right. Analytically, I, although and, and it's actually kind of low. It's key starting, starting to. to okay. So I think the other aspect of this is that there was a really sort of nefarious backlash to it in fan culture where like if you were an analytics-y person, if you were the type of person that read Baseball Prospectus, if you were the type of person who was on Baseball Reference all the time or uh, even like the early days of fan graphs, I think like the tr- baseball traditionalists thought a lot lesser of you. Like they thought, yeah. they thought, look at this fucking nerd 
coming to ruin my game. They want to take everything away from me. That Sports is supposed to be this escape where I can go and I can watch these athletes who do this for a profession. I don't want blogger in basement ruining everything. And I, I just feel like the NBA has been a little bit more embracing of the way that stats have affected it. And I feel like the NBA fan, the traditional NBA fan, would much prefer kind of this pace and space Golden State Warriors, this, mm-hmm. this pace and space Spurs era before they reverted back to <laughs> the 1990s rather than watching like the, the even like the 03 Pistons who are a fun team culturally, but in terms of the actual basketball product, I think most basketball people would be like, yeah, obviously the Warriors are more fun to watch. Yeah. Whereas I, like, yeah. I, I like people are still pining for the old days when they would do a hit and run or when they would do a sacrifice bunt, which is the most fucking boring play to watch in baseball. Yeah. Objectively yeah, speaking. I, I think the, the problem is that when, ba- when two baseball fans who like, disagree on this like have a conversation like you're just operating from totally different like understandings of like what the game is and what it could be and what actually matters at the end of the day right because one guy is going to come at you and say average is the most important thing and another guy is going to come in and say no actually war is the more important thing and there's no there's no meeting each other at all and like i feel like at the very least in in basketball you could sit there and say that is the three point line this is a three point percentage we can agree to disagree on whether it's good or not but like you're operating from some sort of shared understanding of like what is actually taking place on the field that's really interesting because i feel like and when I want to go about the uh, different age ages of the fan bases here, like there seems to be a very strong divide between people who are accepting the newer thing and people who want to stay towards like Americana and all these things that what that means and how you played baseball when I was a kid. Um, something that my uncle actually said to me once was like, oh, so knowing how to use a computer now is like knowing the rules of baseball when I was growing up. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. So it's like he there's such a ingrained into who who you are and what that means to you. And I feel like basketball fans of all ages like appreciate maybe like it's like there is no beautiful way to play the game. It's like the win is the win in basketball and like dunks are good. I think that and which is weird because it sounds like you're saying that home runs are not good and home runs seem to only be good. So like maybe that's something that I'm running into. That is different. Like even just to talk about the ringer, like even when I or I talk to my dad who has been loved the Celtics even in the 80s or when you hear Bill Simmons's dad talk about the Celtics. I'm like, yeah, like we both love Jalen Brown for reason for reasons because he plays good and he's fun and he sometimes he puts the ball in the hoop. Like maybe it's understanding what does that mean to you and like what is good about the sport continues to be about the sport instead of what's different in baseball. Well, I, I think, Mike, you can probably speak to this specifically is that you watch the Yankees be really good right. by hitting a lot of home runs yeah. and being managed by Joe Girardi, who made a lot of pitching changes. Mm-hmm. Explain to us what Yankees fans felt like during Joe Girardi's tenure. We, I think, didn't you guys want Aaron Judge to bunt more? That's what I was hearing <laughs> from a lot of my corners <laughs> over here. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, learn from I think, Lil Bunty Schubert, Aaron Judge, to find out that I stuff. think Joe Girardi's a really interesting tension point yeah. for this because people fucking hated him. But he, he was, was a good manager who was making analytically sound decisions. The problem with Girardi was that he was, I think he was a little too extreme. I, no one, I, at least me and, and the people that I was fans with, I can't speak for like every single Yankees fan, but 
I think we liked the analytics to a point. There were the things where like a pitcher was absolutely killing it and just struck out like two dudes back to back. And then someone comes up and it's like, oh, I don't know. I think we should switch the pitcher. And then, you know, Chas and Shreve gives up a home run. And we're like, why didn't you just leave in? Is that a real person? <laughs> yes, or you and he was garbage. Me? No, he was a real person and he was garbage. And we traded him for Luke Voigt. And I love Luke Voigt. But... <laughs> Like, I think Girardi was a little too far with, like, the binders. Uh, it was it was a bit too much. But I think also the reason that I didn't like it is that pitching changes are boring. Like, I think part of the reason why I didn't enjoy that Joe Girardi was changing all the relief pitchers every three pitches was, like, now I got to wait another 10 minutes of commercials for the game to continue. I think, yeah. like, his analytic thing was, I, I think part of the backlash was that it made the game more annoying just to watch because it made it even longer. Yeah, well, and I think that the what you need is someone who can actually translate that to like the fans in a post game interview or, right. or whatever. Like, I think a character like Steve Kerr is a really good example of yeah. someone who was working within that like analytic sort of mindset, but also was not just like reading from post game notes in the right. interview. He was like affable and like could have a conversation. We're and talking Joe about him, Girardi's like, he's, a, like not. Still the coach of the Warriors. <laughs> He's a lot less fun when the Warriors are the worst fucking team in the league, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but you you get my point. That yeah. like the I think the most important thing is having a, a conduit for that information that can turn it into something palatable rather than just like a bunch of dudes behind computer screens saying, No, you don't get it. War is war is good. War is great. Mm-hmm. War, war, what is it? Yeah, the, the baseball, baseball front office is a lot more faceless, right? And it's a lot bigger of a machine. And like, in a lot of respects, it's a lot more nefarious than the basketball front office. Like the baseball front office in general is working to find ways to pay players less, while the basketball front office is working on ways to pitch good players to come play for them. Oh. I think that that, uh, that narrative hasn't quite flipped in basketball yet in the way that it has in baseball. I think largely because of how star-driven it is, you know? Well, maybe we do have something here. I mean, Daryl Morey used to be on the front of the analytics movement and the Rockets were like the darling and interesting about it and James Harden doing his weird thing. But now that Daryl Morey has kind of like stepped in it with the whole Hong Kong-China thing, like, of course, because we all support Hong Kong and like fucks colonialism, but he did kind of step in it and make it more annoying. Like we have to follow this. It's about like something that happened during the summer and he hasn't been like the wonderkind that we've expected of him. So like, I wonder if he being like a less golden boy of a GM is kind of contributing to how the Rockets and also maybe we're bored with the Rockets because they have never made a championship in this new era. Maybe we end with the Russell Westbrook trade and like, why would Daryl Morey do that? Like, it also feels a little bit like weird. And who is actually pulling the strings? Like, maybe we're turning on it because we're turning on the Rockets front office. Well, it feels like we should have put all that to rest when the Warriors won, right? Like all of the Charles Barkley, you can't win jump shooting shit. Mm-hmm. Right. We haven't gotten over that though, right? But like, think about that as like the way that every single analytics movement in baseball has been treated. Like think about uh, just a yeah, team of Charles Barkley's I remember talking about analytics. I, even, I would love that. Please. please. <laughs> even when Joe Madden started to do the shift thing, everyone was so mad. It's like, oh man, he's moving players around. It's like, this is smart. Yeah, are they going sense. to have to ban the shift? That's, that's like, the dumbest what? thing. That's so stupid. But what I, what I will never understand about baseball, this thing where people are like, oh man, people just want to hit home runs now. 
Yeah, dude, they're fun. Like home also, runs are sorry, the you score more. Not want to hit home runs when they were hitting tons and it, injecting like, shit in their bodies to hit more home runs. What's wrong with home runs? Literally nothing. And bat flip when you do it every time. If you don't bat flip after a home run, it shouldn't count. Barry Bonds got such a big head to hit home <laughs> runs. You're gonna let that big headed man die in vain. I, I think there is like a nuance to this and how it's played out in basketball, where like. You might not like watching the Rockets because they're not your team necessarily, but if your team embraces analytics and it works out positively for you as it does for most teams and it gives you a prettier version of the game, like that is the thing that I wish that baseball could accept. I wish that baseball fans and media types and former player types could accept that baseball can look cool and beautiful and brilliant and impressive Mm -hmm. while embracing analytics. The way that basketball analysts have like you cannot tell me that people didn't think that the Warriors were playing a beautiful version of basketball or the Spurs were playing a beautiful version of basketball Mm. like I think the Yankees are playing a beautiful version of baseball because they fucking mash home runs Mm -hmm. and they have a bunch of dudes who throw really hard and have hammer sliders it's I think that's pretty I don't think that that's a hot take but a lot of people do that, and that is what I that, that is what I want. That's so why much. see that's what I'm saying is like that's so strange that people don't think home runs are good. I've, I must be in such a Yankees bubble because that's the other thing that happens with baseball is just the league is so big and your team has so many people on it that like you can't I don't know I couldn't name 40 people like on other teams like right. I would be so bad about it but at least all of my Yankee fan friends and in the Yankee subreddit it's all like give me the dongs baby give me all those dongers every <laughs> home run <laughs> give me Aaron please. Judge's dong right I now want please more, judgy judge give me the dongers like it's all <laughs> we're all well, it's, very it's happy like with our home run hitting team of large men judgy judge, judgy judge give me the donger it's That's a very common Schubert, it is a common refrain in uh, r slash nyy yankees <laughs> i think uh, i think the the last part of that is like it's very much a media driven narrative as well and like a broadcaster driven narrative and like the fans might be able to have a reasonable conversation about like, yes, home runs are good and I enjoy home runs, but then you'll tune in a, uh, in a game and you'll hear them bashing, like using analytics to make decisions or saying, you know, strikeouts are on the rise and it's not good for the game. You have John Smoltz commentating on the World Series yeah, and lamenting the entire so time bad. about where the sport is headed. And it's like, none of this, John Smoltz none of this is fired good. Immediately. Wait, what about a star actor of Uncut Gems, Mike Francesa? <laughs> All right. Hold on. He's untouchable. He's Don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Francis is fantastic. Yeah, he's amazing. Hey, Mike, first time, long time. <laughs> gonna hang up and listen. I, I, <laughs> Mike Francis also thought that Zion wasn't gonna be good. I so love like, that. He's, all, <laughs> he's like, hey, I don't think that this Zion guy is too fat. I don't think he's actually gonna be good in basketball. I, I think that Mike Francesa is like our modern like Andy Kaufman, like his entire <laughs> life is just like a piece of performance art that it we is. will never be smart it's, enough yeah, to yeah. understand. I feel like he's lost in the character a little bit. Like he just, I just, some of sometimes like it's interesting that you brought him up as an uncut gem star because sometimes <laughs> I think about that role and I'm just like, fuck yeah. That's he amazing. Played, he just played a bookie who talked to Adam Sandler because Adam Sandler was too bet I wild ever heard. for him. I love that. But Uncut Gems was literally my movie. I don't know how else to talk about it's it. It's just turned into a movie podcast for the second straight, <laughs> straight week, amazing. Alex. I love that. Last week we talked about uh, 
if we were going to hand out Oscar awards for baseball movies exclusively. Uh, oh, our... yeah. I mean, picture, uh, best picture has to go to Rookie of the Year. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Greatest baseball film to ever exist. We gave it to Bull Durham. <laughs> Uh, that's a weird way to pronounce rookie of the year. <laughs> that's a weird right, way. Before we get into a screaming argument about Tipping Boulder pitches is a weird way to call it the Bill Simmons podcast. It's really strange that you said that. Uh, okay, third and final thing that y'all want to steal from I us. I love how we just talked about how important sabermetrics is and how the whole thing, because the thing we want to take for baseball is the seventh inning stretch. Baby, wow. yes. <laughs> There's there there is no defined point in a basketball game where everyone gets hyped and sings the same song across every single arena. This is a good one. Like, at, yeah. at what point did the seventh inning stretch, first, how did it come to be? It's probably but, a capitalism commercials <laughs> thing. But, like, it came to be, and then every team was like, yes, we will all play the exact same song. Well, Take Me yeah. Out to the Ball Game was a Cracker Jack commercial. Like, yeah. 100%. It's very smart move on Cracker Jack, which is a very great thing to eat at a baseball game. They buy me peanuts and Cracker Jack. Cracker Jack. Well, yeah, I also like the Spawn idea. Con? Wait, take me out to the ball game is just straight SpawnCon. Yeah, branded 100%. content. <laughs> yeah, everything is SpawnCon. Fuck capitalism. Uh, so, <laughs> Look, the, some SpawnCon is good. <laughs> so, take me out to the ball game is one of them. I'm clipping that. Just saying, some SpawnCon is <laughs> Mike, good. Mike some SpawnCon <laughs> is good. If anyone wants to us to do SpawnCon for them, that's good. He's going to be speaking at the JP Morgan Summit with the royal family. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Jesus Mike's Christ. never going to be able to run for president now. I mean, it's not SpawnCon for America, which is like the rest already of the way game. better than anything Sorry, else. No, that's our football does. podcast. We're going to talk about that. Where they literally, you know, the big flags are for the Department of Defense. That's SpawnCon for the Department of Defense. Yeah, it's like a big contract that they gave like hundreds of millions of dollars. Fucking wild. The other thing that I like actually a lot, a lot about hockey and the, the only thing I don't like about basketball in person is I always feel weird about getting up and walking in front of people. I, I Maybe this is at Madison Square Garden, but I always feel like I'm in front of someone's view. There's a like usher yelling at me to get out of the way. Like I just need to get out of there and then I always miss something while it's happening. Well, in hockey, there are literally intermissions where everyone goes, does their business and then comes back and it's just like really intense for 30 minutes. And I feel like that is something that maybe we can take from baseball to a seventh inning stretch where everybody decides we're going to get up, maybe take a break for like 10 minutes and pee. That's not halftime because halftime is just like way too hectic and everyone is running with like their kid to the bathroom before they pee themselves. So I, I think in, other than halftime, maybe if the seventh inning stretch happened in between quarter three and quarter four, we all stretch, we all sing. I mean, and there's like even a whole if it was time. just like there's five minutes left in the game and it's like, okay, we're all going to sing, you know, the the song that they played before the Chicago Bulls <laughs> uh, go in the 90s series where we're all just like, just something where we all rock together. Yeah, yes, that would be perfect. We all sing round ball rock. That would be really interesting because everything in basketball really revolves around the last two minutes. So maybe it's like that close, like we really need to all, all take a break and like dial in before the last two minutes. Of the like game. football's got the two minute drill, bring that into basketball. Like there has to be a dead ball. We have to go to a TV timeout because they make you do TV timeouts anyway when the right. game's nationally televised. So like, yeah. let's have a song that every stadium plays and we all have to sing and we stand up and, you know, maybe instead of Cracker Jack to be NBA, it's like Sprite. We're yeah. like, drink a Sprite. I want you guys sport. singing, I want you guys singing Forever by uh, by Drake and Kanye West and Lil Wayne and Eminem. Mm. I just Last want the name entire stage. First name greatest. Like a sprained ankle boy. Ain't nothing to play with. I think Isn't that we, like a, a Sprite SpawnCon? Like, wasn't the video for that? Like, it was, yes. it as a Sprite commercial, yeah. 
I think us singing Basketball by Curtis Blow would be a great yes. seventh inning. That song is like I think that'd 15 be perfect. minutes long. Just the first verse. Okay. We'd get to the like first verse and chorus and then I honestly the do stretches like over. Get to the give and go in the alley-oop and then right. we're like pretty much all I like there. slam dunks. I like the pick and go. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's a really good one to steal. I, I love the seventh inning stretch. I love standing up. I love singing. I sing out loud every time. Mm-hmm. I love at Mets games when they play the stupid song afterward, after the seventh or after take me out to the ball game. I think it's like one of the few moments where you feel really communal, you know, yes, at yes. like a baseball game. And because baseball can be a very individualistic sport in terms of the fan experience, like you either experience it as like a fantasy baseball owner or you experience it just like putting it on while you're cooking dinner or whatnot. Like it's sort of like a lazy river kind of sports it's experience. great background sport. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, you know, going to, I think the thing that baseball teams do well about going the in-game experience is that like sausage races. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, damn, we should have stolen that. The president's but, race yeah. uh, at the Nationals games. No, I think it's like, being able to kind of overhear what fans are saying. Like, the the action is slow enough sometimes where, like, just random dude X, like, 20 rows mm-hmm. above you is yelling dumb shit and you get to laugh it's about it really with your friends. That's and you a get very to talk about, to do at a baseball game. You get to talk about how work is going. You get to talk about how XYZ is happening. And, like, and then the seventh inning stretch ha- comes and we all kind of stand up ritualistically and we're like, let's have a good time and stretch our legs. Like, that, that is what I love about going to a baseball game the most. So, good steal. I like it. But isn't the problem that we've already talked with baseball is that baseball is a metaphor for life and it's not an actual sport? <laughs> like, go have a conversation and is it, it doesn't the problem, have to be... problem, though? Well, the problem... We're talking about how long it is and how there's an Americana thing and no one wants anything to change and it, it's really dialed in with, like, an older audience that doesn't want things to change in America, like what's happening now. So, like... Baseball isn't as much of a sport as it is just like a metaphor for a summer's day with your friends instead of like a sport that happens and has a score and like ends and is tailored to a gaming experience. Yeah, it's treated more like a religion than it is like a piece of entertainment. And right. and that's why like the seventh inning stretch is great because it's like this it's this weird breaking of character where like we've been kind of sitting here relatively stoically stoically is that a word for yes. uh, <laughs> for two hours and now we're just gonna get up and sing a song and we're not really gonna look each other in the eyes and acknowledge that it's me and <laughs> forty thousand people singing a song about cracker jacks and peanuts but <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna enjoy the entire thing. I mean, if you think about it too long, it is a little weird that we all just kind of stand up at the same time and sing this weird song that we all know the words. Do you mean fun. the national anthem? Uh, well, that's a different thing. We, can we give that away to you? No, we, we still do it. I know, but can we give it like away in like the weird in the weird way? How like a bunch of what white are you talking fans? About? I stand up in my living room oh when I'm watching God. games on TV. Let's give it to football. The they want it. They that's obviously want <laughs> they can it. just do three national anthems. Yeah. <laughs> You're right about that. Uh, Okay, we should probably steal our final one, Alex. Do you want to go ahead and grab it? Is this going to be like defeating racism? <laughs> Can you imagine if it was? No, it's not. Um, so, so the last thing that I think that we would like to steal from basketball is like the way that it engages with like culture yeah. outside See, of basketball. See, what did I say? It's, it's, it's a, not funny. Yes, it's a good, it's it's a great a good one. answer. It's literally why we have horse. Great yeah, answer. It's a good answer. <laughs> I yeah like baseball feels so confined I mean, I mean it's like we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast right where like players are like baseball players they're not like humans but like I love seeing the way that basketball players both engage with like 
other areas of culture, like music or other sports, and and the ways that those areas of culture like give it back. Like yeah. who is sitting sideline at the basketball game is as much of a story as like what's on the field. And like an iconic photo of like Beyonce leaning over Jay Z mm-hmm. and like talking and to his, LeBron. throwing eyes at LeBron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and is like a massive headline. You know, yeah. and and that ne- and that sort of thing never happens in baseball. We get fucking like, Marlins man and fucking Trump sitting at Yankees yeah, games. Exactly, what? it's uh, like the same picture of like Jerry Seinfeld over and over again. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't care. Yeah, I don't. I think a big thing is the whatever whoever says it's like the favorite the famous quote of like every basketball player wants to be a rapper and every rapper wants to be a basketball player yeah. like i think that those are the two <laughs> Who even things. said that quote first because i feel like i've it's, heard every single yeah. person say that it's without such an iconic it's it one of those just like nas <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i think that's that's what happens is just that's why hip-hop will have such an influence on the nba and then the vice versa like how many times in how many basketball references are in hip hop songs? And then Extremely so numbers. many. And then there's so many times where at the NBA, like they will embrace having hip hop play to the games, hip hop artists sitting courtside, like hip hop artists playing in the celebrity all-star game, like so many different crossover things that happen there. I think that's just an extension of cool and what America has accepted as cool. And like now that's been an extension of everywhere you want to be. Let's even talk about like Jack Nicholson, like that all the way back, having a celebrity who's always at the game who likes basketball, Mm -hmm. like now being the person of your team is a big deal. Like Ansel Elgort is trying really fucking hard to be the Knicks guy. (laughs) Yeah, we're, yeah, we're good. We don't. We have enough, like, I'm sorry, you, I'm sorry, you have Michael Che. I don't want to no, take No, we also don't need him. We've Michael got en- Che. We've got enough, <laughs> we've got enough people that show up regularly where we don't have Literally, to. We already have Spike Lee, the coolest fucking dude on planet. Yeah. Like, we have yeah. Spike Lee. I, made, I was making a joke. Right, but, I was, but Spike Lee <laughs> can even have somewhat Eric, disrespect. no jokes allowed. Oh, no sorry. jokes about Spike Lee. He's a national treasure. <laughs> sorry, I'm just going off what's on the Douglas Ellison celebrity camp. <laughs> uh, no, I think... I sort I think sort of an unspoken aspect of this is that baseball is extremely white, you know, and like yeah, we've yeah. we've obviously talked about like a, a lot of really serious things versus a lot of really silly things, but I do think like in terms of accessibility and who baseball is accessible to, I think there's been a lot of intentionality about who they don't let play. Yep. And yeah. uh it happens at a really young age, you know. I asked you guys like what's your relationship with baseball and Mike one of the first things you said was that you played it young mm-hmm. and you really loved it and mm-hmm. you joined a travel baseball team. Well, that option is just not there for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and that prevents people from engaging with baseball from day one. And when when baseball, so much of what baseball's play for fans is, is like nostalgia and Americana, which is how Eric described it. And, you know, even if you look at like multimedia around baseball, you look at Field of Dreams, you look at the natural, you look at the movies that get made about baseball or the songs that get written about baseball, like, you know, put me in coach, I'm ready to play, that kind of stuff. It's all based around nostalgia and it's all based around like this sort of big Americana feel. And if you didn't play baseball growing up, you just can't access that. So you don't give a shit. So you move yeah, on and you you reallocate it towards a sport like basketball, which is like, sure, open arms, come to us. We love you. We love everyone, you know? What I think is so interesting, and I was I was thinking about this the other day when we were talking, we were doing research for the uh, uh, three on, for a, um, a story that's going to happen in this episode of Horse, where you talk about the Lithuanian 
basketball team and how big it was in Lithuania and they got taken over by the USSR and this happened in like 1939. And I'm like, I'm trying to think of other countries where basketball was a really big deal, but that only popped in my head of how important baseball is to Japan and to Central America and certain parts of South America. So like you already have this built in that's been such a big deal in those in those countries. And I think basketball has tried to expand into Europe and into Africa, but like it wasn't like there inherently. So it's like the ability for baseball to turn away people from Central America and from Cuba and from Japan and like make it fucking hard to be a part of that makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, like there's a thing in baseball with the international player money where you can only get so many, right? Isn't that like a whole thing where you can only have a certain amount of dollars spent on international players? Explain how the Dodgers broke international law. Jesus Christ. Like, no, I'd I'd rather not. But yeah, international players in the mix. Like, I, there's, there are so, Eric just named very fun parts of the world. And like, (laughs) baseball should be like, think of, and the Yankees, I don't know if other teams are like this, but like, Half of the Yankees barely speak English. Like, we have a lot of people from Spanish-speaking countries, and then we've got Masahiro Tanaka is one of our best pitchers. And it's so fun when when Masahiro Tanaka warms up and they play his hype-up music for pitching. It's just like an anime opening theme song. And it's very confusing. And, like, every time Gary Sanchez or, uh, like, anyone else comes up to the plate, like, they play, like, bumping reggaeton music. And it's It's fantastic. I think that Labor Torres has wonderful music for his walk-up songs. It's like, why can't this be more embraced in baseball? This sport is, like, more and more becoming by the players, like, not white. Why is it still the white sport. It's even like I can just pull people like celebrities like Ichiro is so important to right. the fabric of baseball and like let's start the the Red Sox with Big Poppy and Manny Ramirez and Pedro Martinez like I and yeah and Yasu Puig uh, right now like also, I just don't understand that's how these the the Mookie Betts trade is bad on so many reasons but my favorite is that it's like oh the Red Sox finally had a good player that's black gotta get rid of him oh, oh we can't <laughs> well, have this geez. thanks Bo- thanks Boston all right I'm Shots sure the Boston fired. Globe will say something nice and not racist. <laughs> Whatever, but like it's just—it's so I can pull this shit out of my out of my pockets, out of like out of my ass about celebrities that are from other places and just how touching and important the Yasiel Puig story is. I just like why doesn't you? You, it's already there. Like the NBA literally had to to make like an initiative to expand into Africa and to Eastern Europe to bring that stuff there, which is amazing, and I'm so glad that they're doing that. But like. How long did it take to accept European players in the NBA when it was literally right there for the MLB to just accept and have them there? It the, didn't make any sense. The thing about that, it always strikes a, the difference, the starkest difference to me is that like the NBA has kind of lived it though. Like they've they've really embraced it in a serious way. Like, yeah. you know, it's very fraught how we discuss the NBA in China, of course, but you gave the example of the NBA Africa program. Well, like, they got Masai Ujiri, who this this matters to him on a personal level. Right. You compare that to baseball, where it's like, sure, the Yankees have a uh, the Yankees have a big program from the Dominican Republic, but it's really only because they want to get players on cheap contracts. Like, yeah, and they, they're like signing guys who are fourteen years old, and it's like, oh, what's up, Jackson, this, is, this is actually low key colonization. Uh, yeah, it like, feels a little weird, and it just again strikes me that like baseball front offices are like extremely extremely white and so by that by that fact like them going into different countries they're not going to be able to live it in the same way that like NBA front offices or or organizations necessarily why doesn't I guess I mean maybe it's just baseball but like I think NBA is so into 
being a global sport, like think of how many different cultural nights happen for a team. You'll have Chinese New Year nights or they did Noche Latina for a couple of weeks or you'll have even more obscure ones. Like if a team has a good French player, they'll have I French liter- night. I literally like, went to the French night yeah. for the Knicks when they celebrated. And like we your, were, we were going to do a, a Latvian night until we traded our large Latvian boy away. So I like baseball, I've never seen them do a single anything, like yeah. nothing. I think that also ties into just like, the political and uh, the, the politics of it. I mean, let's yeah. talk about the Red Sox going to the White House. One half of them went, one half of them <laughs> didn't. What's the difference between those halves? And it's just like the parts of the country that are tied to baseball. Again, Americana, Amer- Americana with a capital A means like a certain type in the United States when it was good for a certain type of people. Yes. Like 1950s, uh, 1950s, good for white people, not good for anybody else. So like, that's also part of uh, partly tied to it, and I think the MB- the MLB is shunning that. If, if yeah. you think back to like icons of baseball, if if you ask the average baseball fan, if you have like the average old sixty whatever baseball fan, they're gonna say like the guys that just came back from World War II, or they're gonna say like the guys who played before the sport was integrated. And I think that's a gigantic problem, and it's mm-hmm. gonna take like a mental shift. And that mental shift is not going to happen unless I guess all of these fans die out and me and Alex get to decide like what <laughs> we mean, talk about uh... or like or the MLB starts to make good faith efforts. And the We Play Loud thing that they did last year, I don't know if you guys are as familiar with that, but they basically did like a, a series of commercials where they were like, there's a new young generation of baseball stars and they they played loud. And it was just a, you know, intercuts of guys bat flipping or guys celebrating yeah. after striking out Hell and everything yeah. like that. And we were like, damn. It was just a two-minute video of we were Jose like, Bautista. <laughs> I mean, it kind of was. But Jose Bautista was like villainized for what he did when he did it. And mm-hmm. that was 20, what, 15, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. 2015 that he did that. And like that is so recently. And he was made into a gigantic villain for it. Everywhere, far and wide. And now baseball just wants to like flip a switch and appeal to young voters who want this kind of younger version of the game. And it just doesn't happen like that. Like, you actually have to live it for longer. You can't just make it a marketing campaign. And the NBA has lived it for longer. And we are, uh, we're a little jealous of that. Well, maybe baseball will come around and we'll have Dominican Republic Week in the MLB. <laughs> and it'll be great. And every baseball. team will have, like, Los Yankees on their jersey. <laughs> low, low heat. Everyone is low heat. L heat. L heat. Baseball is just first. Sorry. Like, they're so bad at, like, the few efforts that they even try. Like, I remember, I think it was last year, like, the Angels did this thing where they wanted to serve food at concession stands that, like, represented the countries where the players were from or, like, the, the places where the players were from. And so, you know, you have, like... um like California, like Southern Californian specific, like kind of Latin inspired food. And you have like, um, like Dominican food. And then because they had Sho- Shohei Otani, they had quote Asian food, which. Oh, tight. What? Cool. What's that? D- don't know what that is. That's not, that's not a thing, but it's like, I, <laughs> I feel like they are so blind to like even making the half hearted attempt just because like they, they've got the TV deals. And yeah, they know they, where their bread is the money. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're like, all right, what what fans are going to give a shit about this? Uh, but the uh, the ratings are going down for the mm-hmm. NBA because of the social justice warriors, <laughs> which is my favorite uh, NBA team with Steph Curry on it. Yeah. Well, 
I think that's what that's three each. We did it all, yeah, right? We did. I have more. Fu- I can just l- run through my. Yeah, list you want to run? Things. I actually, I really want to hear yes. I have some honorable mentions as well. Right. So you guys jump in. Okay, so here are my my silly ones that mm-hmm. I I wrote. Down. I wrote down eighteen. <laughs> so I and I said some of them. Uh, hats. I want more or better hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, more permissible to eat a hot dog in the stands. Hell it's yeah. just like it's still pretty messy. I uh, think I think it's because like if you're inside, the hot dog is like it, it smells a little stronger. Exactly. You you are more aware of what you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want more spitting. I just think that would be fun. Uh, I want more I want to use Hard the disagree. phrase you're out in an NBA game. <laughs> like yeah. you're out of here. I have maybe an ejection if you have a particular referee. That yeah. would be I would love that. Um uh, I want the center to be called the catcher now. Mm-hmm. I think that would really clear up the whole wings <laughs> wings and bigs mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um I, there should be more sliding. Uh, I want a machine that does field maintenance. Right. So like uh, in a Zamboni, as we talked about, or like rolling out the big thing that covers the field in, in baseball. Like I know that there's just like the, the one guy who cleans up sweat, but I want that for the whole court. Um, I would love the Philly Fanatic. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, just straight up just the I Philly just give, Fanatic. Just the he's Philly like fanatic. now the Sixers mascot. <laughs> no, he's just at every game. Um, I would want walk-up music. I want mitts. I want helmets with just one ear. Uh, I want eye black. And I would like spring training in Florida. Oh. You know, if if you like all of these things, you're, you're going to get a you. kick out of this sport called baseball. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that uh, I chose all the fun things and you guys talked about all the terrible things about the sport. Sure did. I also would like to list off my laundry list of things uh, that didn't make the cut. Uh, I want uh, Stance to be the official sponsor of Sox for NBA again. They had a one-year run and it was fantastic and Stance is still the not? baseball. No, no, so they had the one-year run and then when Nike took over the jerseys, they were like, we're also doing Sox now and they just oh, do the boring, wow. the elite thing with just the stripe on the back and that's it. Yeah. Whereas Stance had like, it was either one, it might have been two years. They had two years of incredible socks and they do the MLB and I'm very jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, I want uh, courts that are not uniform because I think it's bonkers that baseball does not have a unified field dimensions. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and I would just like where, you know, you're the you're the the Spurs and you're like, fuck three-pointers. We don't have a three-point line at our court. And then the Warriors are like, one. we have a seven-point line. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dunks are worth two and a half. Yeah, I uh, I want retractable roofs in the stadiums oh, <laughs> so that we can like play in the open night sky. Um, I also a thing that I like in baseball when a manager gets argues with a ref or with an ump so much that they get ejected. Like they get ejected and then they they now that they're already been thrown out, then they just fucking lay into the ump for yeah. like a, yeah. a yeah. good yeah. minute or yeah, two. You'd be suspended for like two weeks if you did that in basketball. Yeah, it, I want like when a when someone gets ejected, I want the ability for them to just get everything out of their system at the ref before they leave the premises. Um, and then finally, I want um, more concessions guys walking through the stands, yes. like giving stuff and throwing it. Because at baseball or at basketball games, it just does not happen. You have to leave your seat. See, and, that's the whole food thing and getting up thing I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, I think there should be more people like throwing stuff. I do agree that the food game at baseball is big time. Very it's strong. Very, very strong. time, yeah. Okay, here's here's a couple things. I didn't have a laundry list like you guys had. I, I had a couple other ones. Yeah, we did um, this weird thing called prep for your podcast. <laughs> hey, man, we prepped. We had they some prepped. serious yeah, things they to did, talk about. They did different prep. We were just like, here's a bunch of silly things. What are the three silliest? We were things that matter. Let's write, <laughs> let's write articulate points about these three things. Uh, social media. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think... Uh, even like the team accounts, Yankees. The, the Yankee account is pretty solid. You know, the team accounts are okay in baseball. I will say, but frequently, like the MLB branded accounts are like, "Hello, fellow kids." What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you, you going like to watch our sport today? Key, you need more more team accounts trash talking each other. That's what made the NBA ones really good. Yeah, the the Rockies one I will say is really good. The okay. Marlins one has been pretty good, although they've been fucking going through it for the last Ugh, couple of years. It's rough. 
Uh, the other one that I had that we didn't talk at all about or hit on even like in kind of conversation, you know, I mentioned LeBron, but mm-hmm. the uh, the other one is the All-Star Draft. Oh, I would yeah. love to uh, like reorganize Except- so it's not just AL versus NL. And I would yeah. love to see like players pick each other. And because in baseball, there is sort of like this thing where guys who are from the same country are friends, even if they're not on the same team. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're from the DR or if you're from Cuba, you like you frequently know a lot of other guys who are from the DR and from Cuba just because, like you guys described, it is this like really hard path to get to MLB. So yeah. once you get there, you want to become friends with people who are from the same country and speak the same language as you, which seems reasonable. So I, I think there would be a lot of fun antics in that you would just get, pick a bunch of dudes that they are your friends. They should do a Rising Stars game just like the NBA does and do USA versus the world. Like, I think that'd be very fun for baseball. More fun than the basketball one because the world team is always ass every year at All-Star Weekend for Rising Stars. And another thing, though, that I will say, uh, I like the uh, all the NBA All-Star Game draft. I think Giannis should be forbidden from being a team captain. Because he's so he's fucking so bad, bad at picking teams. <laughs> he's really he's bad. He's so bad at picking teams. LeBron's team is stacked. It is stupid stacked. So I think Giannis should be forbidden. Well, I think that's also part of it. I like what I also like from the MLB is that uh, the All Star game matters. Not anymore. Oh, yeah. it doesn't? No, it I hated when it mattered. That was so stupid. I hated it so much. I agree. It was right. bonkers. Well, I'm going to go also, back to my Mark McGuire baseball cards and see you guys later. Uh, <laughs> also, I will I will say they do have a sort of like rising stars game. They have the, they the, fu- oh. the futures game that oh, happens on All-Star even, Weekend. And so it's it minor league prospects versus oh. prospects Ew. from like other countries uh, around oh, the world. Oh, that feels uh. like, that's like a fucking gladiator match. That sucks. It feels a little worse. Although, <laughs> I think the Futures game is actually kind of fun. Okay. I, Yan- I do too. Yeah. The Yankees had Bobby a lo- likes watching people who don't have jobs fight for his entertainment. Hey, if you please do not test how I feel about the minor leagues. I am on the record multiple times for years on this podcast being like <laughs> what the minor leagues do is fucking it's immoral. It's <laughs> um but yeah, no, I I think a rising stars game would be appropriate. Yeah. Although Frequently in the MLB, the Rising Stars just make the team because there's more positions. Right. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Is so. there a fun game that the they can that the MLB can do during their All Star game other than home run derby? Run the bases. They do this. That could be fun. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, Running I think, bases. I think this might be one of the things that the NFL is really trying and doing well because their game hurts brains, so they have to do other things. Like dodgeball is awesome. Yeah, that the NFL does in their Pro Bowl, and like I think that the skills challenge is something really really interesting. The Taco Bell. They do like challenge. a celebrity softball game that uh, not, right, not right. with like current players or anything like that yeah but. No, i would, I I would like watch like a like, like a wiffle ball game or something Ooh. yeah like that would be sick like Stick give ball. me jacob de grom just like breaking that hook off into like aaron judge's ankles <laughs> throwing a wiffle, <laughs> throwing a wiffle ball is really bad for your it's arm so nobody bad. would yeah, ever do it, do it. <laughs> i don't <laughs> we could come up with something though like try to hit it into a bucket like all the way in the outfield yeah like, like joey vada would win that every single year there should be a throwing contest or something or, yeah something where it's like unfortunately yeah. trevor bauer would win that so it, i can't co-sponsor or, that <laughs> it'd be very fun if there was like something something that got progressively harder like you have to field a ground ball from third base but like you have to be farther farther away and then like the runner keeps running you have to continually throw him out or something I don't know something something to test the individual skill sets of people the game there needs to be like a ho- a game of horse for baseball mm-hmm. I wish there could be something like that no I just want to watch like two dudes just shooting the shit like taking batting practice together I'm fine with that put that on TV <laughs> you're so yeah. starved for humanity I literally <laughs> so like I'm trying to tell you man I just want like David Ortiz and like Pedro, I want Pedro throwing batting practice to David Ortiz and televise that during during the All Star game. I tune in. I tune in. That would be great. I think the only the only two things that well, not the only two things, but the two goofy things 
that that, that aren't related to race and capitalism in America <laughs> that I that I'd want from basketball are the the way that sneakers sound on a court. Oh, it's like yeah. it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. so like ingrained in the game and just to have like baseball players running around the field just like squeaking all the time as they're trying to keep a straight face i i i want that more than i can really describe and the 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 chucking of the basketball into a hoop at like the end of a quarter as the buzzer expires because you have like no chance of making it. I don't know what the like equivalent is. That's what I was trying to think of for for when I was coming up with my list. I was like, I want the equivalent of a walk-off home run, but I guess it is a buzzer beater. But we get to do buzzer beaters four times. Yeah. I guess the equivalent is just like the amount of time you get to take when you're throwing like a single. So when you're throwing like a ball to first and like when it's a shitty hit from someone, it's like, all right. And you like underhanded and you make a whole thing about it or you tag somebody out when like the pitcher is trying to run to first and it's really slow. But I guess that's not fun. It's just kind of like the matter of course. The interesting part of that is like the derivations of it, you know, where like if you shoot after the buzzer and someone blocks it in how they do in basketball, right. like you yeah, never let yeah. anybody see the ball go through the basket. I kind of love that. Uh, from star, from there's, there's Gems, like, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, exactly. There's uh, like not things in baseball that, there's that's such a low stakes, high reward shot, and you never really get that in baseball because like everything counts. Yeah, right. there is there has been moments where like you know Adrian Beltre will like knock the ball out of someone's hand as they like as he's like trying to tag him, but it will be like after the play has already been blown dead or whatever. Those moments are like really funny, and so like like you're saying, I've been starved for those moments. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> we're sitting here being like, we want concepts to take from basketball because we can name one player who does this weird thing occasionally, a couple times a year, and now and he's we elected retired. him king. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I think that is just about going to do it. Uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, coming on here and doing this with us. Thanks Eric for having and Mike. us. This was a blast. Yeah, thank you so much. So fun. You stole very fun things, so <laughs> you reminded us that our game can be fun from time to time, it and we, we it's very got a much lot of appreciate fun it. Little quirks in it. Plug your stuff. Yeah, so we host a podcast called Horse. It's a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. So it's us just trying to show that you don't have to be a dude bro sports head to like basketball. So we'll just talk about current things that are ridiculous and silly, whether that's Serge Ibaka's scarf game or Damian Lillard dissing the refs. Uh, and then we'll usually do some stuff telling stories from back in the day. So a lot of stories about Shaq and Charles Barkley and Larry Bird and Michael Jordan and just ridiculous things that took place. Uh, and you can find that if you just search for horse or multitude on any podcasting app, it'll show up or you can check out our website, horsehoops.com. And multitude is an audio collective where we make things that we love and we love talking about them. Uh, we are the audio collective together where we have four shows that work together to make a better world for podcasting. We also have the studio where we make uh, other things that we're excited about and also like work with other companies we're actually announcing and i think this is going to come out after after this on friday we're announcing uh, a sitcom that we made it's called next stop and i created it and wrote it and we recorded oh, yeah. it and edited it and we're the trailer is going to be out so you can also look look for next stop and listen to the trailer and subscribe when episodes come out in april that's awesome go find their stuff horse is really good i am a regular listener i can vouch for it uh, and a future guest oh <laughs> Thank you guys so much again for doing this. Uh, if you're a new listener to our show, Tipping Pitches, please subscribe. And if you could be so kind, rate, review, whatever. 
Um, Smash we, that subscribe. We do stuff like this. We sometimes do stuff where we talk about how we actually like players and we actually like the game <laughs> that we, that we follow. Once in a while. <laughs> um, but this is the kind of stuff you can expect for throughout this season. Uh, we're hoping to have some fun guests like this uh, episode going forward. So thank you for listening and we'll be back next week. My advice so. to you would be is to pay attention to me. You'd better marry a fireman. He'll come and go, go and come. Zembala boom bamana. You guys have like a sign off. Do you be like, and as we say in my hometown, baseballs. They we, hurt when they hit you in the we face. We sing the national anthem every yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> you, stand up, <laughs> you acknowledge how great America is and how good their uh, the content is. That it's actually, it's, uh, it's I sing the national anthem and Alex sings Take Me Out to the Ball Game you simultaneously. Sing, you sing a past tense uh, I, I took myself out to the ball game. <laughs> everything I becomes took an, myself I to ate the peanuts ball. and Cracker Jack. <laughs> I don't care if I ever get I back because I have to edit this podcast. <laughs>